pause for a second to edit this bit out. Yep. Uh, um, mix edit it. this bit out. Don't leave yeah. it. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, welcome to Always Strikes Last. Exactly, where normally there are more voices competing to welcome you, but you exactly. only have two. We only have two. We were supposed to have four today. What's up with that? Uh, the, uh, what is it? The the real world is encroaching on the mortal realm's uh plane of existence and we have been delayed in our ability to bring you sonorous dulcet tones of our our, our various voices and indeed, uh, indeed. <laughs> who would have thought that trying to record across eight hours of time zone differences in three places would somehow create these difficulties unforeseeable <laughs> <laughs> but we've got plenty uh, to talk about today which is excellent and we're just going to kick it right off, and at the moment, we're waiting on two more to join, so if they do, we'll just edit them in, and you won't even know about it. Exactly. We'll get our 21st century summoning circle back online, and hopefully right? <laughs> get some of the, the expertise. Well, the, the main topic du jour today, guys, is Worlds. Worlds is coming. Oh, some yes. of us on this podcast are even playing in Worlds. Not myself. I know. Not myself. But Miles... <laughs> is on Team Ireland, oh, and yeah. our special guest joining us shortly uh, is Mick Wendell, who is also on Team Ireland. Exactly. Uh, so that's very exciting. Um, it's uh, such a, I mean, I feel like we don't, in the U.S., we don't get enough of the hype about this event um, as I've gotten, you know, from, from being here and going to some more uh, international tournaments where, like, Worlds is a big thing, and we just, I don't feel like we don't see it as much in the U.S. because... We're kind of removed from everywhere else. That's true. And there's also that that certain mentality, right? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily as prevalent in our board game community, but the whole like America doesn't like to look beyond its borders. Many people don't even travel. Uh, sure. Many people only know one language, you know, has sort of prevented us from probably being as international as, as we could be. Though I know that doesn't apply to Team USA, which of course is the far opposite side of that spectrum and a whole bunch of great guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Team USA uh, doing great uh yeah so they're gonna be actually uh it's been revealed we're actually playing them round one did that happen last year uh i don't know if it happened last year but that's what happened this year so it's uh it's gonna be great we're gonna have a great great old time and so uh yeah so you know the folks who are running team ireland uh ken and mick and some others uh graciously asked me if i would join the team this year and so happy to be on the team and so happy to show up. And I would be so stoked if we just finished middle of the pack because that would be fantastic. Like, obviously, we're going for big wins. But, you oh, know, yeah. if I would be personally wildly happy to show up to a world championship event and not finish last. That's the dream. Uh, from what I understand, last year we did finish last. So uh, as long as we don't do that again. Look, there's a lot of positive potential <laughs> movement here and there's no negative potential movement so you guys are in the best place to not be disappointed exactly everything's up from here up or yeah. even you know if we get, if we come in last then we did what everyone expected of us so <laughs> yeah I, I i think it's it's a good it's a good starting spot <laughs> yeah um let's see world is comprised of 24 different teams uh from all over the world as you may have guessed um let's see uh australia austria belgium canada czech uh denmark england finland france germany greece ireland italy netherlands north ireland norway poland scotland serbia spain sweden switzerland usa and wales those are the big 24 i've always and maybe i'm gonna get in trouble for saying this but i've always found it a little bit cheeky that the uk can somehow submit four teams you know, yeah. sometimes they're one team and sometimes they're four teams. What's up with that? Anyway, um. <laughs> there, there's there's some there's some truth to that raised yeah. eyebrow. I mean, I guess they do have the 
maybe like the rights to it, considering that games work. So considering the they made company. the game, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. We'll give it yeah. to them just this once. And uh, but other than that, you know, we're, we want to we want to see this figured out. It's definitely stacking <laughs> the deck. Well, wait, so so obviously there. What's the normal distribution of the UK teams? Because uh, I don't quite know off the top of my head. Though I think I've seen them before in their various breakouts. Uh, what do you mean? Well, what, what what are the four teams like? Uh, oh, uh, England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. Oh, you know what? That's right. I think they get to do that because of the whole United Kingdom bit. Yeah, yeah. But like, they don't have four Olympic teams. I don't think. I don't think. Someone check me on that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's so funny. Well, I guess like the yeah. rivalry continues. I mean, like you know, Wales, the UK. Really, everyone on the island's been fighting for like a long time, so it continues here. That's true. A healthy rivalry is good for for everyone. Yep. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Obviously, there's some there's some powerhouses who typically do really well at this, um, mm-hmm. and I think Team USA has done a pretty good showing in prior years. You know, I know uh, been proud of all those guys and stuff and, and girls and stuff they've accomplished mm-hmm. with it. Uh, I've heard good things about Team Wales. I think Team England. What other ones are you going to look out for? I mean, like, sure. Uh, team England is the team to beat. They won last year, if I remember, and uh, they won. Uh, they also won Six Nations, which is a, a smaller international tournament that we talked about on this podcast. Um, yep. And so they're really uh, the target is on their proverbial backs. Um, so uh, now they have eight amazing players, so I'm sure they'll do well. But um, but also, you know. Uh, there is an element of pressure there that uh, you know it, it can't be uh, understated. That, that's true. I mean, that literally starting the opposite side of the spectrum from you guys. You know, right. like, you guys are like the cool runnings in this situation. No one <laughs> is, is ready for what's going to happen. But exactly, I am. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get John Candy to buy us a sled. That'll be great. I don't know what the sled will do for in terms of Age of Sigmar, but it'll be great. I'm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can recreate the the scene when you show up in Belgium, like taking off like fifty jackets or putting on yeah. fifty jackets, whatever it is. Uh, maybe yeah. it's an appropriate analog for wargaming. I'm not sure what it is. That would be great. <laughs> um, so the the team is an eight on eight event, right? And so that means there's an intricate pairing process that uh, happens every round, where uh, each team like bids a team, bids a, a player. And then you put some counter picks and then the player with, uh, you know, so you're trying to match up which player plays what. And that gives the opportunity to have some more interesting builds than you might see in a in a one day or event where everyone has to uh, right in a one day or event. Everyone has to win every game. Right. In order for the for for them to to succeed, uh, whereas in the team event, it's OK to have losses as low as long as they are close and as long as your wins are big. You know, so it's okay to so you you end up with some more um, varied and different builds than you might see uh, coming out of uh, sort of the normal tournament scene. So uh, uh, our good friends over at Honest Wargamer and T Sports Network uh, did a fun breakdown of all the different uh, factions uh, that were um, represented to this year at Worlds. Jack, if you had to guess. The top three factions in worlds this year, top three, top four. What would what do you think? You know, I'm gonna go out on limb and say Lumineth Realm Lords definitely in there. Okay, you know, for one, uh, I think Gloomspike gets would be heavily represented. That's a an mm-hmm. idea, and I think Karad and Overlords would be like literally everywhere. That's my guess. nice. Those were all in the top uh, top four, yeah. And uh, disciples of Zeech bringing up the top. That's the the top four teams. Gloomspite gets nice. having the most, and then uh, so about twenty each uh, of those three of those four armies, and then you know it drops down from there. Beasts of Chaos uh, the, in fifth place in terms of popularity with fifteen uh, Hedonites, and then Slaves of Darkness and Blades of Corn. So wow, wow, I was I, I was close. I was close. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 71 players are a one drop. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, 
I haven't done the math, but I think it's more than 50%. Um, I, I can see the tallies here. I'm not going to get them. Obviously, we're not going to get the math done in time. The podcast has already started. Yeah, c- close to <laughs> it, close to it. But th- it's still a lot, right? It's like the people that want to go first are going to be disappointed more often than they think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And so we're all um, we are, we're all playing the uh, all the missions trying to get ready for the event. Um, another fun little wrinkle about the pairing system is that uh, we're all going to be playing different missions in a given round. Oh, that is so weird. So wait, it's not like all of the minigame pairings are to be the same mission. Are you also selecting the mission at the same time? Um, like- yeah, they're, well, they're in order. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but like, uh, I know uh, round one, uh, the first mission to pair for is in the presence of idols, and then it goes to battle lines drawn, and then there's some other. So we get um, over the course of six rounds, we're going to play every mission twice, or one of us is going to play every mission twice. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, no, no, no. Someone is playing every mission, and every every mission will get played twice. <laughs> uh, but I will probably play. Only a small subset of missions. Personally. Yes, yes, this this makes sense. Right. Well, the, you'll be you'll be matched into the ones which are favorable for your list, which I believe well, is ideally. the kind of Nurgle. Yeah. Well that that's the hope. And, <laughs> and I, I like, that kind of adds some another layer to it. I really I really like this pairing system mini game because as you were kind of alluding to earlier, it's neat to be able to build a spoiler list to help the overall objective and not just have to do all comers all the time. <laughs> right. No, and uh, and making sure you have someone on your team that can play Lurkers Below, right? The instant win uh, mission, or uh, one that can play. Uh, what's the other one that's kind of janky in this book? Um, uh, Twists and turns, mm-hmm. uh, right? Someone who has the the board presence to sort of deal with that mission. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it should be a pretty exciting event. Obviously. Uh, it's so it's in Amsterdam this year. That'll be exciting just for Amsterdam reasons. Let's do that. So I'll make a sound and... effect. <laughs> oh, bad summoning circle sound effect. Mick has joined us. All Two right. Have become three. Mick, welcome to the chat. Cheers, lads. Um, welcome, welcome. Uh, Mick uh, is fellow Team Ireland member, and uh, we're chatting about worlds. Uh, the most uh, what what everyone else is chatting about, right? That's what you should be chatting about this month. It's the biggest thing in Warhammer, yeah, obviously. Nothing else in Warhammer matters right now. So we were wondering earlier. Jack had a question uh, about uh, the history of Team Ireland. Yeah, you know, like how it's going, how it's been growing. Uh, maybe a question like, did you guys play USA Round One last year too? I thought I saw like a. Twitter screenshot or something from Noah that made it seem like that was the case. So <laughs> no, so so uh, I uh, I just I suppose bonded with Team USA for a few hours while I was over there and I stole those pants. Nice, that, classic. No Warhammer. I just I I did the teller role. I just demanded his pants. <laughs> um, had a good chat with with the, with the team though. I, do you know? I just it, it's one of those things that I follow. I follow a lot of people on Twitter, and uh, I, they just resonated with the guys in the on, in the USA. Like I uh, Bill for playing whatever the hell he wants to play and just enjoying Warhammer. Um, mm-hmm. You know Noah for be, for just crushing it, obviously, and uh, the rest like the, the 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 other guys in the team. Just again, it was more of a case of I really like following those people for their personalities or just for the, the, the watch. What's the name of the American? What are they called? What's their team called? Um, are you thinking uh, of the, the wicked dicey crew pretty affiliated with or a uh, tough crowd or that's tough I crowd. See. Tough crowd. There's I, a few like, of them. Yeah. T- tough crowd kind of reminds me of what it's like to just be a, be a game, be a person in Ireland where everything's very close and everywhere you go, it's like, everyone's real welcoming. So like tough crowd, I was like, that's cool. I really like tough crowd in general. So um, yeah, we just I, ju- I just got on really well with the guys over there, you know. Had a bit of fun with them, and I'm really looking forward to playing them and smashing them. And I think that's you guys it. Will have smashing, such a good time. smashing to be determined. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Well, that, that's the goal. That's the goal. I mean, that that whole crew is just comprised of great people, you know. And so I totally get that. So I I can't imagine you won't have a, a amazing time. And if any of them are listening to this podcast, because we you know do have some friends over there. Uh, 
are we telling you real things? Or is it all smoke and mirrors and misdirection in anticipation of a spicy round one fight? Up to you to decide. Or, or exactly. misdirection. Get into their get into their heads. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> we have an insider. We actually we we imported Miles um, last year. Uh, <laughs> it, this is all a ploy to get inside America's head. So we. Know. I'm playing the playing the long con. Yeah. <laughs> the really long con. The fifth column, Agent M. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- t- team Ireland in general, though, it's been um, it's uh, we it, it was a. Uh, like when we started, we had we had no community for Age of Sigmar really. Like when Six Nations started, um, years ago, um, we literally just had what eight people were playing in the local games workshop of all places. Sure. Um, oh, geez. And, and we just had a we just had a kind of a team of people who 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 turned up. That was that was it. You know, bums in seats. And uh, year two, um, a couple more people who were who had actually played and understood the game and were a bit more. Um, attuned with competitive Warhammer and then it kind of progressed from there um, I think I captained the team for like four or five years in a row because you know we just had so little input from, from we didn't have a community in Ireland really at all uh, we finally got to, to to our like you know team where we were like we're happy with you know having people compete for the team and then COVID mm-hmm. came and COVID really hurt Ireland for Warhammer like we just literally had two years of no Warhammer and uh, I don't know if it's an Irish thing but most of us didn't really uh, take to TTS. So we tried we, it. J- yeah. You know, Jack and I, we definitely gave it our 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 best, and it just it's tough. Yeah, it is. It's, it's tough. Oh yeah. I, I found it very disengaging. I, I I would sit on my phone during my opponent's uh, turn. I just I just didn't care. I was if I'm not sitting in a room with a person, it's not as exciting. So I just didn't have the the hunger for TTS, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's saw with other people either. Um, we had a great relationship with the guys up the north. So we played a lot of cross-border events. Like we, they go up to us, we come down to them, and um, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But um, I set up a league, um, as well during all that. A kind of slight, slight comp where it was like you had to play a certain list. You could make changes, like roster changes, stuff like that. Okay. So I set up a league, and it was over the course of like six, seven weeks. So we played that during COVID on TTS, and that kind of got people's juices going with different lists. Mm-hmm. But then when we came out of COVID and we actually started playing tournaments again. Um, it was very slow for for the Irish uh, community in general. We just didn't have players. We didn't. People weren't playing. So like the same three or four people were playing each other, and then we went to Six Nations. I think I'm not sure which Six Nations was the first one actually. And like we realized how hopelessly outclassed we were because you know we hadn't been playing Warhammer. Literally just nothing. Um, I think we. I think uh, one of the guys on Team England had more games than the entire Team Ireland combined in that year. Oh wow! Um, so it was just a, it was it was very so now now we're kind of playing a lot we're back to playing a lot more Warhammer because Worlds was the same sure Worlds wasn't too far after and Worlds was the exact same we hadn't we we were still hopelessly outclassed at Worlds um, mm-hmm. and uh, but now we're starting to play a lot more and we've got a lot more competitive players from back from the old fantasy days we got like half our team is back from the old fantasy players we kind of recruited them back in yep. um, we got and, a competitive um, War Machine player as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Oh, Watch out. I'll nice. tell uh, you exactly what the range is. Uh it's like oh no. <laughs> touching that, is a that very objective. Transferable is, set of skills for yeah, this game. This is very <laughs> true. That's very true. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking about it was funny you said that actually because we're talking about the whole holy within and within rules and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Like, listen, you've got to be careful with that. And he goes, Listen, man, I just came from War Machine where everyone's a dick. And you bring circles with you just to make sure that you're holy within those ranges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's well used to it. But um, yeah, so we're finally kind of back to a, a position where we've got a not just a good team. It's not like a, I'm not saying we had a bad team in the past, but people who are committed to a competitive environment as opposed to just wanting to show up. You know, there's nothing sure. wrong with the team we had before in terms of, you know, the people. If they're, they just, if the competitive drive wasn't in them to, to do that, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's, that wasn't their hobby. But they were really good to us in that they gave us the opportunity to make a team. So if it wasn't for those guys, we probably wouldn't have been to any of the Six Nations before. So uh, sure. everyone plays their part. You know, we're all a community. And well, I'm excited to yeah, I'm excited to be on the team this year. And uh, yeah, it seems like we got a pretty exciting lineup. Uh, I guess our our lists are all uh, public public domain at this point. So yeah. uh, for those following along at home, uh, I'm playing the Maggotkin of Nurgle. 
which if you follow me on Twitter, you may have picked up on because it's like the only thing I ever post. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and yep. uh Mick, you're playing the the uh ever loved Lumineth Realm Lords. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fluffy player, you see, so I was just playing and I, for the narrative. For the narrative. I really like that one story where Teclas shows up with like 30 archers and nothing else. Yeah. Yep. You know? <laughs> like lore-wise, Teclas is a portal, so it shows up in every battle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Teclas shows up with 30, 30 sentinels and some scouts. Yeah. <laughs> as you do yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm actually you know what? i actually when i when i wasn't when i first started playing lumineth i actually really didn't like them i was playing techless i was playing techless before last worlds mm-hmm. didn't like lumineth at all then i played a non-techless lumineth list and really enjoyed that because i felt like i had an army sure it didn't play like the lumineth that i was expecting because i wasn't playing the like regiments and i wasn't playing you know all this all the the standard stuff yeah, so yeah. I did a bit of everything. Um, had a bit of fun at Worlds last year. Last year, um, but then this year playing with Techless and that, um, I think it's because every other army's kind of caught up a little bit. Lumineth are still strong, but it's no longer the kind of you know I just cast four spells and you know I don't need to play this game to know that this is bullshit. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's a little bit more <laughs> enjoyable because the games are actually more difficult. Maybe I'm just getting worse at Warhammer. I don't know. <laughs> I think no, that I, makes sense. I get that. Yeah. The power ramp this last six to eight months has been pretty significant. Like every new book is like, oh, yeah, you're here. You're here now to. They're all, they're all kind of ramping to the same area, though. They're all, like, mm-hmm. Gits came out and everyone thought, thought this was the best thing ever. Uh, like, it's they're really good, but they've got some really bad matchups. Um, they've got some sure. kinks that you can exploit. And um, like, as well, I think they're really good. I just, um, I'm just really happy with the direction all the books are going. Like, before before a couple of years, I say before COVID, just the easiest the easiest benchmark, we had mm-hmm. armies at thirty eight percent win rates, and we had armies at eighty percent win rates, like the old the the OG Hedonites of Slanesh. Oh sure, yeah. I'm oh, yeah. like I hope the person who read this book is listening to that because you know you're a moron. <laughs> whatever, whatever you thought going into that book was just ridiculous and whoever edited it, the editor the whole team the whole team just needs to look at themselves and go wow guys we done fucked up that that book but now it's gone from 38 to 80 percent win rates down to mm-hmm. you know we are at that kind of 50 to 60 percent win rate like we're still getting misnomers but you can't i don't think you can count when a book gets released sure mm-hmm. because when a book gets released you have a very small pool of players that jump in and go, right, here we go. I'm going to play KO when they've released. And they go, I know how to play this because um, I I managed to get 10 games in the last week because I'm able to. And then I jumped yeah. into a and I won five games. Cool. So the three KO players in the world that are really good at the game, really good, and they just win a tournament, all of a sudden it spikes the... the um, spikes it, spikes the win rate. The win rate and then yeah. you get a bunch of people yeah, who are like, yeah. oh, KO are good. Now let me go get a KO army. What is this? How does this work? Exactly. Um, you, know, you, have, you have all the people come in and join the party, and that evens it out because that shows how the actual. It doesn't matter what army came out. It doesn't matter what uh, the hot thing is. If if a if a a, a small group of of top players, and I don't mean like the best players in all. I just mean mm-hmm. decent players yeah. go to a bunch of two day tournaments around the world. That's just going to spike those averages straight away. Sure. So you have to take every, the stats at a pinch of salt. It do, they are. They are muddled in the sense that there's a mix of competitive players, narrative players, and um, mm-hmm. you've got to take into consideration submarining. Like it's mm-hmm. there's so many. I was that... I was really enjoy on the on the 40k side when they do those stats. How space marines are always super duper low because everybody has a space marines army. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's step one to 40k. Always have a space marine army because they'll be good for the six months after the new edition, but then yeah. have a good army as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If only Stormcasts were like that. Um, <laughs> dragons, man. <laughs> Did you I forget dragons? Oh, they That's true. Don't forget when Evocators um, first hit the hit. The, oh, the yes. Board, the Gavriel Sherbon. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I took them to a one day or just for the crack. And it was like, I like it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> and yet there are only three Stormcast players uh, coming this year to Worlds. Really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if they're dragons. Uh, we'll find out some other time. That's oh. not on the podcast. Um, there are, yeah. There's, 
There's more Skaven lists than there are Stormcast lists. Skaven, Skaven, what is four Skaven lists this year? Four Skaven lists, yeah. And I, I have to assume it's all. I haven't looked through them all, but I have to assume it's all Stormfiends. Yeah. yeah. The other problem as well is that you have, um, I think you have armies which played a certain way for so long, and then what happens is, is the book gets a massive shift in how it's played, mm-hmm. and. In certain cases, someone cracks it and they play it and they play it loads, and that yeah. works well for armies with really fantastic ranges and pe- with 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 big um uh with big player bases. So like, yeah. Stormcast kind of a massive player base. Everyone has a Stormcast army or at least has access to one or will easily start one because it's spray gold wash done. Um, yeah, so accessibility <laughs> to play. So your Stormcast armies, your Stormcast players, <clears throat> when they come out there's going to be hundreds of Stormcast players, right? Because because you can. It's just so easy to be. However, sure. Skaven have a shit range. They oh, have sure. Four, four or five good kits, the new kits. Like, the Stormfiends are cool. The, um, the uh, what you call it? All the plastic, the new plastic kits, the big ones, the kind of, they look cool and all that. But mm-hmm. they're a niche, they're a niche um, army. Like, you don't right. look at, like, you wouldn't, uh, the average person wouldn't look at a Skaven army and go, that's a really nice looking army. Like they're brown rats. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 yeah. they look terrible to the to the to the to the, to the I suppose on average they look terrible. I'm trying to think. Sure. Of yeah. yeah. That's but, that's um, a fair point. They're they're but, a, an interesting choice for the average person. <laughs> I really like the idea though, Mick, that you know the army has been played the same way. So like the storm fiends build that we see that we tend to see that we're assuming is what people are bringing to worlds, right? People have been playing that storm fiends build for like a year, maybe more. Um, yeah. Right. I think it was uh, still a build in the last book. So like uh, they've been playing the Stormfiends kind of castle for a long time. There may well be a significantly better way to play Skaven that no one has decided as no one has figured out yet, you know, awesome. because uh, so many people are just like, oh, Skaven, what do I do? Nine Stormfiends. Dope. Call it a day. Yeah. Um and, it's almost like the wagon wheels have already found their rut. There's no exactly. innovation right now there. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing we've been looking at, because uh, uh, we were saying we we're matched up against Team USA uh, in the first round, and one thing they are doing really interestingly is their Caradron Overlords player, uh, Zach Kennedy, who I don't haven't had the pleasure to meet, but I'm excited to to hang out with uh, in Amsterdam, and uh, just gotta throw that in every time I. Every chance I can. Yeah, we're going to Amsterdam. Uh, I'm so jealous of the time you guys are going to have. I'll right. Have a, have a beer and a brownie for me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just one, Jack. Just one. Just yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Miles knows I'm the spirit of moderation. So I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we look through the KO list for all of Worlds, and 98% of them are 20 to 30 Thunderers in an ironclad with a bridge and enough characters to buff them up exactly once. Yeah, no skill. Right. Um, and Captain no uh, Zach's list is 18 Endrin riggers across three frigates uh, with, you know, a smattering of characters. And that, to me, as a former KO player, is such a KO player's list. Yeah, it's Admiral Awesome versus Captain No Skills. Yeah. The, all, the shooting, uh, all the shooting KO players, they don't want to get close to you because they don't want to fear the, the reprisal of, of the return combat. So they're afraid yeah. that, oh, but I can shoot you from far away. And even if I don't get my precious double, I'm not going to get hurt too much. <laughs> so I'm going to play shooting. Whereas a real KO player, Zach the man, yeah. um, he's coming in and he's just going to put you know dwarfs in your face. I'm like, where, should, where do dwarfs belong? With a hammer or an axe in your face? Right, up your face. You know? with a, uh, yeah. We will take a uh, steam-powered chainsaw as as needed. You know, if we can't get a hold of an axe or a, or a hammer, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, up with this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to see how this plays because I I can't I I am a very uh, what's I I'm very ko phobic. I have no idea what it does, mm-hmm. and every time I play against someone, I'm terrified. Because uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just like they can go anywhere they want, and they can shoot anything they want, and they can do it. Like I just can't deal with it. It's just too much. So like, um, don't listen to this USA. But KO is one of those uh, anti Mick armies. No matter what, I can <laughs> for a bad matchup against KO. And again, to add some misdirection or not, I yeah, think yeah. completely accurate. 
or he has played them a hundred times without a loss. <laughs> oh, no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got to put away my KO army. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, let me stop working on this wiki I have going on all the intricacies of the army for a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have uh, Goonhammer strike my name off of the uh, Start Competing uh, article. For- <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, though, I totally agree with that. This is going to be really fun to see on the table and played. I, presumably, like, a bit more in your face, but more aggressively. I want to see these 8th Marines, you know, making these 18-inch charges and doing stuff. That'll be cool. <laughs> yeah, Team Ireland, uh, we're going to have a really excellent matchup first round. Just smash them to bits. That's the level of confidence we're going in with. Yeah. And <laughs> it's going to be excellent. Well, it's, I mean, it's funny. So we actually have a lot of, as, as I was going back there to the uh, the composition of the team, mm-hmm. uh, the, back in the days of Warhammer Fantasy Battle, we were actually quite a, the, the team Ireland was actually quite a formidable team. Mm-hmm. I think making top 10 at ETC in the past before it was called AOS Worlds. Um. So uh, uh, half the team now is players from that era. We have we have um, behind the scenes coaching from several players as well. Um, That's true. Uh, so we've 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 been this year. We feel like you know at least we've given it our best shot, and we can't turn around and go, "Ah, listen, guys, we didn't really do much." So um, Ken Chambers is the captain this year. He's also been a a, a past captain of the Warhammer Fantasy team, and I. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think now. He's like he's pretty old. But I'm trying to think. I think he's like a 20 year veteran of the of the team Ireland. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, like he's 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 been around as long as the furniture has. Um, same with James, our our uh, war machine slash um, fire, fire slayers. Player. He's yeah. also been around for a good 10, 10, 10 15 years of uh, competitive Warhammer. Um, so yeah, we've got we've got a we've got a a, a good committed team this year oh yeah oh uh, as well as some new blood as well so it's a nice mix of experience and uh experience old blood and new blood you know it's 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 uh i'm really excited for this year for that reason alone absolutely no and uh it's been super exciting just getting in um practice games with everybody because uh every single one of them is a tough match and it's really like uh makes you feel like you have earned it to give like like I always have to remind myself this army is going to worlds this player is going to worlds and that's why this match is tough whereas I'm like I'm like I'm playing my worlds list why am I not smashing people what the fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true tough, but Miles as you highlighted there a few weeks back was that yeah pressure that's lifted off you when you're when your purpose is not just to win games when your purpose is matchup dependent sure so yeah you go into a good matchup you know you, you're meant to win the game but if you're if you're as a player if you are designed to take to take bad matchups or to just get the like a certain amount of points that mm-hmm. are quite that are quite achievable and we are learning how to achieve those points quite comfortably right because you have to play the game differently when you're not playing to win, right? Right, you know, right. No, exactly. If, like, um, it's and that's a big difference. That's a that's a huge thing that when you're playing Team Warhammer, and it's one of the things that kind of has evolved properly with Worlds and Six Nations over the past few years. Where when we first started, it was just you win or you lose. You get twenty or you get nothing. And then they tried to introduce the twenty fifteen. You know, if you only, if you only okay. win by a little bit, you only get fifteen points. But it still wasn't really enough because you're still getting smashed. But yeah. now the fact that if you lose the object the, the mission, but you have only lost by like a point or two, that you're getting nine points, which is huge. Right. It's a nine eleven as opposed to a zero twenty. Oh, that's exactly, massive. Yeah. yeah. So that that that's a really big deal. And worlds have made it very difficult for you to get twenty nil this year. You want to be like you'd want to be really dropping your guards to get twenty sure. nil. Um, and dice can really affect it, though. Don't get me wrong. The dice and doubles and everything, they, they're, they're oh, yeah. not bad. So don't it's feel bad if you do get 20, you know. Yeah. Uh, unless you're on Team Ireland, then you feel real bad. But um, <laughs> the, <clears throat> the, the reality is that the, the, the development of the rules pack over the years has really made for the, the games to be more, um, more something to fight for. So if you go into a mission and you go, listen, pal, you just need to get six points. 
you're like great that means yeah. if i get if i get what um 18 points throughout the game and my grand strat it's impossible for me to not get six points you know right right so, so it's a nice way of looking at it yeah. if i can if i can score three five point turns and then eke out a couple extra points here and there I've got this. And you should be able to get that in most games because, yeah. you know, nothing happens on turns one and two unless you've got the Alpha Strike, you know, t- armies. But, you know, that's what Team Warhammer is all about. You you uh, you choose your matchups, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're going into a matchup where you're going to lose 20 nil, then anything you get above zero is, is a win, right? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's that, that's a. Uh... It's it's a nice way of look. It's it's a good way to look at it, and that's why I like Team Warhammer so much because it's not always about the win; it's about the team, and it's a very yeah. different game, a very different game. No, and the thing that I've been learning is uh, the skill of playing while you're losing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, to like, how do I get? All right, I, I can comfortably get three more points. How can I get a fourth point? How can I yeah. get a fifth point? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, Mining how do I crucial points exactly? How can I just squeeze one or two more points out of the scenario? Whereas you know maybe in a single player tournament, I would have been like, "Cool, that's it. I'm going to go have lunch." You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can do that at a single player tournament because it's only you. You've no one to answer to. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, exactly. You answer yourself. And if you've decided that you are no longer enjoying yourself in a singles tournament, then mm-hmm. you can go. Listen, I'm actually you know I'm I'm done now, and that's okay. That's yeah. okay, but at the team, you have to be prepared to keep pushing. Go just because you're losing the game doesn't mean you're losing. You're doing exactly what you've asked you to do. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's, so that's that. That's that's the. Yeah. Uh, what is it? For one of my favorite uh, famous sports analogies, all the guys in the defensive team on football, just because they never score touchdowns, doesn't mean they're not doing their job. There you go. <laughs> Just, just because I'm such a I'm such a sports guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yep. really the it's thing that we have around. For. You are you are a professional Warhammer athlete. <laughs> it's true. You know, like, uh, stretching a different kind of muscle there, but it's yeah. there we go. <laughs> uh, but the other one, actually, just on on a last point on you know changing how you play, mm-hmm. playing practice games has been an interesting uh, exercise in changing how you approach a game, like changing the fact your view on I don't want to win this game. I want to see the the intricacies of the interactions between the two armies that we're playing now. Or yeah. turning up and going, I think you've got a good matchup against me, so I want to see how how good it can be. And I'm my aim is for like let's say like obviously you don't want to lose games, but when you're doing practice games for the likes of worlds, I'm turning up going, how do you beat me? Because if I find out who you beat me, I can find out how to stop you to beat me. Or right, right. that's good for the team because now we know how you can beat that particular army. So it's it's another interesting approach to playing games and another a, a different type of enjoyment out of just showing up and just playing the game and going through the motions. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I had a great one against Floody where basically, uh, you know, the first time I fought, I played him got absolutely wrecked. I had no idea what was going on. And then I was like, Floody, what is the worst possible thing that I could do during this game from your perspective, you know? Like what is the app? What is the thing that my army could do that you would hate the the most? You know, and so we and we talked it out in terms of like figuring out like okay, maybe it is a bad matchup, maybe it's not a bad matchup. Um, but uh, you know, we get that opportunity as as teammates to be like, okay, let's pick this apart from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. That and that's it. Uh, Floody's another veteran of uh, ETC um, um, of old days. He actually used to play Flames of War as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah, so he's a uh, and forty k uh, fantasy. He's he's jumped around different different war what games. A nerd. Well. Yeah, he's, played, <laughs> he, he's he's another like uh, played for Team Ireland on pretty much all fronts, and also was a play tester for forty k for a while or something like that. Oh wow! Oh, so like, he's really oh, been heavily involved for a long time. Yeah. So another 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 uh, another sweat. Um, one thing you mentioned offhand, Mick, that I want to go back to is that uh, you know the the world's packet has been evolving over years. And one thing that I noticed right away when I read the world's packet was that uh, all twelve missions from the GHB are in play. Yeah, and I know some of them are contentious, and yeah, fair enough. Uh, you know, some people don't like lurkers below, or they don't like uh, what's the other one? Turns, turns. Is that the one you're yeah. thinking of? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but. You know, we, and we've said this on this podcast before. I think those are important to include because that's the game. 
right? We're playing the game, warts and all. We don't get to play. Well, I, yeah. I think it's it's almost critical they include stuff like that in something like worlds right because if you're going to break it out of i show up to a tournament it's meant to be the balance packs for the all comers list and it's going to be like 4d chess trying to mix and match the right opponents into the right circumstances you're right. doing more of a fun simulation of like a real battle or strategic kind of setup where like do you chase that army into the canyon is your army good in the canyon this isn't like sure. an everyday battlefield but that's the kind yeah. of situation you try to create for yourself and i think it's just really fun sounds like amazing to be a part of <laughs> Yeah, the uh, I think I think the 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 phrase I would use is "fuck it." You know, everything should yeah. be included. Why not? It's if you start picking and choosing what things you include and don't include, where does it stop? And yeah. it 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 to bring back more on the old fancy days when I don't know how much you guys played of old fantasy or if you paid attention. Uh, a bit. To the, to we were old fantasy people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, there you go. So you <laughs> remember the heavy comp that was on the oh, like PC and and all the events. But in, in, in defense of using the comp, it was sorely needed. The sure. the power discrepancy between armies back in fantasy days was horrendous. However, that did cause a huge divide between the tournament scene and the rest of the hobby community. So sure. tournament players were seen to be these absolute sweats that no one ever wants to play. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, the tournament scene wasn't as pleasant as the Age of Sigmar tournament scene. Sure. The Age of Sigmar tournament scene is a much more enjoyable experience than the fantasy tournament scene ever was. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed fantasy. I actually, you know, was very sad when fantasy disappeared, but I can't argue with the fact that the community has improved tenfold um, mm-hmm. since we got rid of it. But part of it, again, part of what, uh, part of the divide was comp. And sure. Having, having comp in there, you know, and for anyone who isn't familiar with comp, it's it's basically your um, additional house rules that are implemented to balance between factions. Sure. Um, if you're a, a 40k player, I know uh, the ITC did a bunch with different le- levels of cover, having different restrictions back in the last yeah. edition, that kind of thing, which ended up actually uh, getting rolled into some of the changes that Games Workshop made for ninth. Oddly yeah. enough. So they used to give extra points to some armies. Do you remember? So like Tomb oh, yeah. Chaos were the worst of the worst. And they used to have 2,800 points versus your 2,000 points. And they were still terrible. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, yep, so... Yep. It, and that was... And that, and as I said, that was needed back then to make the game a, a playable uh, competitive sure. game. But it's good that the game has been balanced by the company itself so that there's no barrier to entry from... The rest of the community everybody's invited you know it's just a case of are you up for this or not like there's people people decide no exactly because they don't and, want to go to that level of competitiveness but you know it's there. Well, and games workshop is clearly putting like making a show that they are at least attempting to uh really you know balance the game and try to make it a fair competitive uh you know system and I, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Uh, you know, we, that's obviously a matter of opinion, but um, they're at least going for it, right? And if yeah. if they are going for it, which they weren't in old fantasy, um, we'd be doing them a disservice to not try and play it as it is. Exactly. Yeah. How could they fix it if we weren't using it properly? You know. No, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, like they've had their, they've had, they've had their speed bumps. But then again, people have to remember that Age of Sigmar is what six years, seven years old, or something like that. That's true. God, I feel old now. Came out in 2016. Like, it is a very young game still. Mm-hmm. Like, I know now it's a case of their, now it should be fairly smooth sailing when it comes to books. They've had a lot of experience with, ups- like, introducing certain things. But, like, for those first five years, it was, there was mad shit thrown around. So sure, sure, yeah. It was so uncharted. Like, even the, the way the game was, just the, the way the game was, um, was brought out with no points first of all oh mm-hmm. yeah well that was infamous that was <laughs> yeah, yeah. dog shit like that was dog shit and even i think even i, I don't even think you can talk to a even, games Workshop employees are notorious for drinking the kool-aid and never sure, speak sure. a bad word about the almighty lord but even that <laughs> i know speaking to gw employees are like yeah this is the most bizarre thing that ever happened it shouldn't have happened it's dumb you know yeah. the whole and like you know the whole all those rules about Let's bend our knee and I lose the game. Or if my beard is longer than your beard, I get to reroll ones in this combat and stuff like that. Like yeah. that. But I always like yeah, the, uh, the if you can roll 13 <laughs> on 2d6 for the Skaven Bell, you win. Yeah. 
And then you, you, know, you brought Kairos in before they FAQ'd how his Kairos role worked and you could actually get 13 on 2d6. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember vividly uh, getting the very first book they released when they brought out Edge of Sigmar. And I was actually in the UK at the time for work. And I was sitting there like reading it, like in like the flat I was staying in. And I was just, it felt like there was nothing there at all. I was reading like a badly written young adult novel instead of a rule book or an intro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the development, I suppose the evolve, the, it's, it's been a, it's been a collective, um, a collective uh, goal between Games Workshop and the community um, to, to get to where we are at the moment. Like it's, and we're like I'm enjoying the I enjoy the game more now than I ever have because of the way that's come and because of the way the community has pushed their rules packs and you know they've been changing things up. Like I went to Blood uh, Bloodshed in the short was it Bloodshed? Bloodshed, yeah, back in February. And mm-hmm. they had a really cool set of awards for order, death, destruction, all that. But it wasn't just the best order, best death, best destruction, um, by points. Each faction had its own um had its own criteria to win so like if you were best in chaos it was the best uh of your of your points and your opponent's points added together if you were best order it was something like uh, something like the best um the most tournament points or so it was something real simple and the, yeah. the, destruction, the destruction one was even simple i can't actually remember them all and the death one was the the most the least amount of points killed or something like that it was but they all had their own different criteria to to, to meet um so that was kind interesting of a cool addition to it to a very very highly competitive tournament um that there was still something but they're they're just well thought out something new put into them but this is what i'm saying about rules packs evolving over time people adding their own touches to them they're, they're starting to get a lot more enjoyable to play and you go from event to event and they're all different experiences it's not just playing five more games of warhammer you know yeah yeah yep, yep. I think that's fantastic. I mean, you were saying like the the game has come so far in this time to the, the awesome thing it is today. And the community has grown to be an awesome community. So you have kind of the double whammy right there. And it's just a pleasure to go to a tournament and spend time. Like I've heard some folks toss around the idea of like you hang out, you meet five friends if you don't already know them. And that's pretty true. <laughs> you know, and yeah. that's yeah. really valuable. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad someone finally actually um, came out with what Noah, Noah came out with his Five, five friends, not five and oh. Um, because I've been, you know, banging on people for years going, my entire friend network is made up of people I've met over the tournament <laughs> over the past 15 years. No, for sure. Like, like that is literally, like every time I go to a country, every time I go to a tournament in the UK, if I'm on my own, I'm never on my own. You yeah, know? yeah. Even if I go, now even if I go to America, because I've been connecting with people for years through WhatsApp, uh, through Twitter, Worlds, I know for a fact that if I go to any state in America to a tournament, I'll meet someone that I either know or I've met before, and I'll have I'll have someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Australia. Australia. I've actually been. Uh, there was a load of guys down in Texas that invited me over to Texas whenever I get there, because they were all part of the ogre chat, and it was three guys oh, in fun. the ogre chat, and it, and it was like, oh, come on, come on down, and we'll do a big barbecue. I'm like, I'm there as soon as I can get over. But it's just yeah, wow, yeah. I've got these people in my life and they're welcoming them into their homes with their kids and everything like that. And I'm just like, Warhammer has just been incredible because of that. Oh, absolutely. No, I think, uh, you know, I know Julia has said more than once, it's been really wild just to think that like this introverted hobby I picked up in 13 has been, you know, shaping, uh, shaping both of our lives for this long. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it, I don't think there's not many, there's not many hobbies or, pastimes that you could pick up on that would have this large of a worldwide community that you could just insert yourself into on mm-hmm. such on anywhere like even if you're a football player egg football or round football doesn't matter which one sure yeah take take your pick <laughs> yeah. dealer's choice you do you do just associate with that club you join a club yeah. play um and you associate with that club and they're your friends you know whereas mm-hmm. in warhammer you associate with your local gamers then you go to tournaments then you meet those guys you go to other tournaments because if you go to a football game you play against your opponent they're the enemy they are the enemy yeah exactly and And there's lots of them yeah lots of them yeah (laughs) it's 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 so so true you know sort of in my experience as well but it's it's kind of magical right you go somewhere far afield for some traveling tournament you show up and you're just reconnecting with people and it's like you got folks everywhere (laughs) so nick um just to just to bring us back to worlds real quick and uh sort of wrap us all up 
uh, when obviously aside from making, you know, eight new friends, eight plus new friends, what is the, what is 24 new friends? Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Um, what, uh, what is the thing that you want to have happen at worlds more than anything else? Uh, I, I definitely would like us to take a sizable jump up the ladder. Sure. First of all, because I think, I think we're a far better team than we have shown in the past. That's the, that's, that's the first, but I think that's everyone's goal. So it's kind of a bit of a, bit of a, a cheap air. Like, I'm, but that's a, that's a sure. really big thing. I want to, I'm probably not going to play worlds every year from now on. Cause I've got three, I'm, I'll have three kids after this worlds. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, it might be a case that I'm one year in one year out sort of thing, or I might not do it again. This might be my last worlds. Who knows? You sure. know, might have four kids by the next one. Um, <laughs> But but uh, so I'd like I'd, I'd like us to really show the you know that that we you know what we can do rather than just turn up you know mm-hmm. have one of our players arrested um, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that would be nice if that didn't happen. Um, but uh, ultimately, um, like uh, the, the the two things are the, that that I want to do mostly is do well and meet people over there. That's the that's the usual thing. And yeah. Like it's a holiday um before and after the, the games. Um so like before the before the tournament starts and after the tournament's over, we've got a bit of a holiday. So enjoy ourselves over there a little bit. But yeah. like it, to take to, to say aside from meeting new friends, that kind of takes out about 70% of the reason why I play Warhammer. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna put that back on the table, Miles, and go okay, I see human things, you know. Before it was just a case of let's show up and do our best. Now it's a case of let's do our best, but make sure that's good enough for us to give people a real run for their money. Like yeah. not getting capped for the majority of our rounds would be would be great. Like a genuine a genuine goal of not being like not just um being given forty points for free because sure. you know the, the draws back says so. Earning our points, uh, having close rounds, they're my favorite. That, that that's my favorite way to win or lose. It doesn't really matter, but having closer sure. rounds means a lot more to me than than you know than anything else. So. That, I suppose that that that'd be it. Giving giving the teams that we play a good run for their money, um, having having six good games of Warhammer is going to be uh, it's going to be top of that list. Oh, absolutely! And I think there is something so uh, when you play somebody who is really really good, and you give them a good game, whether you won or lost, the mutual respect that you earn for each other is uh, it's so amazing. So yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll hope to win that in spades. That'll be the goal for Team Ireland uh, 2023. Better than last year and mutual respect. Like and better than last year is not a, big, <laughs> not a good enough target. That's why I didn't say it. I'm excited to watch those sidelines. I mean, honestly, anything from Cinderella storage slash the cool running joke I made earlier to yeah. something in between would be fantastic. I'll root yeah, for you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sounds good. good. Well, uh, hey, Mick, thank you for joining the podcast and uh, getting on. And uh, Matt, we missed you this this week, but we will blow your mind next week with something to be determined. Uh. Exactly. As as well as everyone else who tunes in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Always Strikes Last. And remember to uh, always strike last, I guess. Yeah, don't don't wait on it. Well, wait yeah. on it until the last moment. Then yeah, yeah, but but not after that. Last. Yeah, yeah. I got the last word.